What's the one thing all great teams have in common? Great coaching. Try to suck up to me, Andrew. Hey, Goldberg! I bet if that talk was a cheeseburger, you stop it. No, I agree. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. Clap, 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 clap. It's the Quack Attack Podcast. Hey, everybody. We, re- we remember things very differently, Averman. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. Hello, everyone. That's Kevin. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Quack Attack Podcast, the definitive Mighty Ducks podcast. We are back. We have Matt Doherty slash, slash Dave Averman on the line because we are still uh, recovering from episode six, Spirit of the Ducks. Matt was in it along with several former ducks uh matt thank you for being here but i want to go back are you emotionally hungover is that is that what we're talking about here (laughs) yeah yeah no it's uh it's been a rough week here uh just you know you got a great podcast radio voice can we just say it can we just identify that like you got a really like good podcast voice dude I appreciate it. So yeah. I think my voice is too high at times. I feel no, like no way, man. It's it's like it makes me kind of go, yeah. I want to listen to this guy. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, go That's ahead. Literally the only time Mike has been complimented in his life. <laughs> no, this is why sure, his Matt wife's on. wedding vows they were they were brutal. This yeah. is why, yeah. Uh, my wife did swerve on me on our first kiss. She she went for the hug instead. She said she you was got nervous. the swerve. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was uh, but that's a topic for another day. Let's get back on track here. Uh, <laughs> let's go back, uh, you know, before we were all caught up in this pandemic, uh, news of the Mighty Ducks coming back gets out. How did you learn that they were just making a TV series, uh, based on kind of the original trilogy there? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I'd probably like maybe a day before you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you know, we're, uh, uh, I think probably like a real sports franchise, you know, you, you, uh, if you were a player on a team, you're the last to know, you know, these decisions are, are made, uh, higher up the chain of command. Um, and there's, a, you know, there's a lot of, um, ducks for the lack of a better term that have to get into a row, right? There's, I mean, you can take that metaphor all you want. There's a lot of ducks <laughs> that have to be put in a row in order to like make anything happen and, if you if you do anything in entertainment for as long as as I have, you see that like just things take time. You know, you if we you had if we had any filmmaker like if it was an independent project, they'd be like, yeah, a decade later, this guy called. <laughs> you know? So it's like, and it's trying to explain that to the civilian public who who don't do this is that things take time, and then all of a sudden, they're needed yesterday. So it's like um, my experience was exactly that which is um all of a sudden like there was a lot of rumors and there was more rumors and then and then the rumors were like a blast on the internet i think i found out very similar to the way i found out they made a franchise like when i was a kid and my dad woke me up and was like hey turn on the tv (laughs) and then there it was you know and they were like oh my god they have a hockey team so it's it's the same kind of thing like i think i a friend texted me that there was a casting submission for the kids and and then it was like oh that's for real because you know like a lot of things you they try to protect the information so it doesn't get you know too far mm-hmm. out uh and then somewhere along the line it became a little more um 
cemented. And then, um, and then I remember, I think it was August. So we shot in October and it was the end of August. I got um, the writer, producer, Steve, uh, reached out to me and um, it was like a real, like, <laughs> real quick because they're also busy he's like hey thing is thing of this this is gonna happen you're gonna have to quarantine got it go and then i was like okay so maybe this is gonna happen and then um so that's how that all happened they had a long journey i mean they were in the middle of the yeah. first episode and then the pandemic struck so you talk about independent of uh the pandemic like times it's hard enough to do anything um with how what has to line up scheduling all that and then all of a sudden global pandemic so uh it's just really wonderful that they were able to that we were able to do anything as good as this uh, under these circumstances i don't think anyone really truly understands like uh yeah like shooting in covid times and just what a what a huge victory that was for everybody involved in this thing yeah so steve emails you texts you whenever says hey this is happening how do you get to like being on set? You got to go to Vancouver. You got to quarantine. Just what was that whole process it was, like? It was exactly like his original text. It's like, hey, dude, you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days. You can't move this thing. I'll let you know. And then it was nothing. <laughs> and then it, all of a sudden it was, uh, I get exactly that. Reach, uh, uh, um, the people I work with, uh, they reached out to me and said that they were, they were going to do it. Um, and then I, uh, he, I, I, I remember you had, I think you've had Justin on the show, right? Justin Wong? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember the first, because I like to cook and I'm a bit of a homebody, man. Like I, I like, I like my, I'm a consistent dude, you know? (laughs) I think the first thing I did was reach out to Justin and go, Hey dude, um, you got a good kitchen knife so I can cook? Cause I can't leave for 14 days. And I, I don't know, should I pack the one I have? He's like, I got you. And I was trying to figure out what to bring. And I was like, and I play a lot of guitar. So. I was like, do you have like a, a beat up old guitar I can borrow? And, and he like took care of me. I got there and I couldn't leave the room. And because none of us, you know, because the rules are were really, I'm for good reason. They're really strict mm-hmm. up in Canada. Um, and I was really grateful for that. Uh, but we could not leave. So uh, I couldn't even, like if I opened the door, no one could be out in the hallway. So it was like, and then they check on you and um, the government to make sure you, you weren't breaking quarantine. And um and then 14 days later, I felt like I was on an episode of Alone. It was great. <laughs> it was, and then, and then, I, then it was fall time in, in Vancouver, which is really beautiful. And I uh, hopped on a bike. I rented a bike uh, and just looked at all the beautiful leaves. And next thing I know, we're on the ice playing hockey. It was great. Yeah. So did you know who else was going to be in the episode with you or, or who else was involved uh, from the original Doug? I actually didn't, this is how, uh, it's, it's like, I didn't really know until I was up there in quarantine because, um, I, I had rumors, I had information, but like, it's kind of like a game of telephone, especially, and then during COVID times where no one's really interacting and a lot of it's just done on an email or whatnot that like, I didn't, um, like, I didn't really know who was going to be up there and who, you know, who they could actually, who had the time, who, who committed to the schedule and who they can actually get up there. I didn't, I did not know until I was like halfway through my quarantine time. Like I remember Marguerite reached out to me 
and said, hey, what did you pack? And I was like, oh, cool. So Mark's here. Okay, good. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like there was like, you know, we were, I, you know, we don't know, should I talk about this? Who do I call this thing? And, you know, there's all this like, and especially since it's such a big deal for, for good reason, because of it's a, it was a reboot of something that we all like, oh my God, it's just, I know how anticipated this has been that I was trying to respect carrying that information and not um, tipping my hand and being the guy that like said something I wasn't supposed to say and then like ruined the secret. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, Entertainment so, Weekly came out and ruined yeah. it for, yeah, but go ahead, Tom. So how I didn't did want to be you, that guy. Uh, did you have to like lie to like people close to you about like, why you were going to be gone for, you know, a few weeks or? I'm, a- I'm an awful liar. So I, I don't, <laughs> um, I try to avoid it because I'm just, uh, I'm not, um, I may still have this like criminal mind. Like I'll never, like I won't ever not think like, oh yeah, it's just, but like, I'm just an awful liar. So I, I try not to lie. Um, so I find ways to say like I was able to say I was I was just like okay what's the truth I'm up in Vancouver doing a doing doing a job that's so that's what that's what I said you know and then so um your friends like some kind of secret agent or something like that I mean I only there were a couple of really really close people obviously uh that I told the the, the total truth to but yeah <laughs> nice so did you get the script like early like how how much was that uh, Dude, sort of guarded? You're sensing it. You're sensing a trend here, man. You might have to have somebody on because everything is boring and totally, I don't know anything. Uh, I didn't get the script until uh, we were up there. Yeah. Again, for a good reason. Um, I, they, uh, because of, we live in the time of social media and, and all that stuff that um, for good reason, when, when, when studios and productions, you know, invest the amount of time and money they have in the things they, they protect that stuff. So I did not, I remember reading the script for the first time when I was in toward the end of my quarantine time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then how long does it take you to shoot uh, everything you shot there? Uh, I never really had a good slap shot. I'm more of a wrist shot guy. So I have a good snapshot and I can redirect a pass in the air, but I've never been a good slap shot guy. Is that what you're wondering about? <laughs> yeah, no, that was, I was thinking <laughs> hockey all the way. No, I, um, we, we, it, we, most productions will do like a 10 day or nine day thing. Um, and, but under corn, like when the protocols for shooting during a pandemic, you know, my God, I mean, it was just everything's even slower. So, um, we were doing, I, we worked like, nonstop for I think that one the spirit of the duck scene like was a two-day thing and and they were long days because there's so many people in that and um my that was a long that was an epic day uh and I'm such an idiot that I um when we actually got to play because I love playing hockey um that I I Justin I actually told Justin because he plays too and we were like we were so jacked to get out on the ice because I was like my God, I don't care if they're, if we're doing the show, we get free ice time, right? <laughs> and, uh, and we're out there and it's a long, it ended up being like a 15 hour, like a long, long day. Like, I'm not gonna say 15, I'm exaggerating. It was definitely a long day. And I was such a stupid fool. I was so excited to get out there and play hockey that right away, I just started skating around and skating around hardcore. And then 
half hour later, I was exhausted and my body was all sweaty. <laughs> and then I had to be on skates for the next 10 hours. I was like, that was really dumb, Matt. That was really, <laughs> that was really dumb. At least you got a good, uh, good, you know, run there. I, I would hate to quarantine for two weeks, like shoot for one day and then have to go home or something. No, it was actually, that was actually the best part about the whole thing was because of the times that we're living in, uh, that gratefully we're hopefully coming out of that we were allowed. Cause if you do a job, any, like you're just kind of in and out always quick, mm -hmm. but like, because things were slowed down that we all got a chance eventually when we cleared quarantine to spend some time together. And, um, that was the highlight. Um, it was, it was the best that, cause we spent so much time together when we were kids in a, in a seminal time in our lives. And then we got to hang out and watch the Dodgers at night um, when they were going to play in the World Series and we would just eat food and, and just reminisce. And because there was nothing else to do, we couldn't leave. You didn't, um, you know, you were trying to respect the rules. So we were free, but we wanted a bubble, right? Because we were all testing. And um, so we wanted to, so we were just, and we, most of us hadn't seen anyone. I mean, I hadn't seen anyone other than my lady for, so it was like, it was so, it was the best part that we actually had these extra days. We, we managed to go up and Justin took us for a hike in the woods. Like I met a bear. It was great. <laughs> um, uh, and it was, we saw these eagles and um, we got to watch the sun over the water. And it was just like, it was, um, it was like the best time. And then to be able to spend time with, with Emilio and actually have that time because we were, we were all able to share about how much this experience meant to all of us, for him, for us, and, um, and then to be able to come here and do this and then to be able to have the time to spend with the kids that are these amazing kids that are doing the show, um, to just sit and have lunch with them, uh, to have lunch with anyone during that time was crazy, you know? Um, but because we were in this bubble and we were being tested, you know, two, three times a week, that it was just so nice to be able to visit and, um, which you never get a chance to, because usually things are so fast, but because we had that extra time, we were really able to like, kind of hand, like answer questions, talk to the kids. It was just, it's really special. So, you know, here we are almost 30 years later from, you know, this, you know, truly groundbreaking movie not only like a hockey movie but a family movie kids movie everything you know have you you know had you and, and the rest of the original ducks had you guys spent much time with each other longer than like a day day and a half as adults and did you get to like who did you really kind of get to bond with of the original ducks now that um that you maybe had not have expected to or, or didn't really know as well over the last you know uh two decades you know possibly growing apart or anything like that i mean life uh i always say it's a lot like um i'm not a professional athlete but i would say it's probably really similar to like when you play on a team with people or um you know i know what it was like to play high school hockey and the, the friendships i had with those guys that i still you know maybe don't see often but you, when you share an experience like that, it, it kind of bonds you. Um, and, uh, or like high school, you know, if you go back and high school's an awkward time, it's an awful time. It's a brutal time. It's also an awesome time. And like those couple of friends that you sat at the dork table with, you know, 
um, those relationships can can pick up. Uh, it's a lot like that. Um, even though we're all like in this iconic film that they made three of, and they made a movie franchise and a hockey team, and then they made another TV show, it's really no different than that. Um, and except for the fact that we get to share um, a little bit more about just because it's such a weird experience as an adult you get to um, share with people who have the same one um, about some of the more you know some of the, just the weird experience and how what it's like to be a, a young kid and and thrust into all this stuff so it was really cool to to uh, to have that um, time um, for but specifically I'd say you know Justin and I um, like we got to spend a lot of time together we've walked really similar paths and um in terms of like um realizing that we were artists in different ways as well and um just uh yeah and it's just life is busy we got two of the guys have little kids um so we have multiple coasts so it's rare we get a chance to all be together but when we do it's like just like when we were 15 going to school together, you know? So let's go. It's kind of bridging, wait, Mike. Uh, so kind of like bridging that gap between the old ducks and uh, now the, the don't bothers. Did you get to drop any life, life, life truth bombs on them and any advice that you gave to the younger generation? Um, that was actually one of the best parts, uh, you know, in order to kind of link up uh, to the all that was, uh, was those uh, the time we got to meet the Don't Bothers and um, and spend that day together, the two days, um, was uh, just encouraging them to um, appreciate every moment. I think that was the thing I, I got to pass on was just to, uh, um, and they were they're great. They they were it was so surreal to look at a bunch of kids playing on ice and seeing. You know, and everybody going, come on, come on, come on, put the sticks down, you know, and you're like, oh my God, did we do that? Oh, <laughs> you know, and um, just uh, feeling their enthusiasm, uh, how kind they are to each other, um, how kind the crew was to them. Um, I remember I got to just hang out at lunch with like three or four of the guys and, and gals and, and just, just listen. And that was it. I mean, it was uh, to, to, I got nothing other than just to, to, to encourage them. And, and, um, and it really was heartening to hear that I feel that what we're all about, what it means to kind of be a duck is, is kind of in good hands. Did you, how much did you school them on the ice? Because uh, I think a lot of those kids had just sort of started learning how to skate. How much did you actually, um, you know, dominate when you got out there i i uh you know i didn't uh i've learned when i was playing that um it's not very nice to 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 be a bully <laughs> <laughs> i didn't like the way it felt so i i try not to to do that Fair. we played we, we did do some scrimmaging and it was really fun uh a couple of guys are, are good skaters um you I, I i modulate what i do with who i'm playing with you know and um 
So I just laughed with the guys that I normally play hockey with, which we just got our first game in again, um, that it was really nice to play with a bunch of actors because I was the best person on the ice. And <laughs> really good. But now that I'm playing with a bunch of uh, ballers again, it's like, oh, I'm dying out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's good that you, you know, scale down. You don't want all those kids to be, oh, yeah, that Matt Doherty, he was a real Well, no, but encourage. It's like, that's the thing. I had such great coaches that it was, it, there's something about, there's, the learning curve for this sport is so high. And I've never, and most people who coach it or train it, there's this, like, you kind of pass along how to play it. And um, and so I, I just tried to do exactly what what some of the great coaches I've had. You know? So that was more, that, that was half the fun was getting out there and going encouraging the kids to play a little bit you know matt have you uh have you ever had experience coaching youth hockey or is this something that you'd be interested in one day oh yeah i'd do it i've never done it but i would totally do it yeah if you uh would you be more of a coach t kind of i would not be a coach t i would not be a coach t but i would be but i would be uh but i would be encouraging them to uh to you know, grind for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's go to like actually playing Averman. So a, a character you hadn't played in probably like 25 ish years at this point. Mm-hmm. How, I guess, what was the sort of approach to playing kind of the same kid, but an older version of that character you had in D3 or whatever? I mean, uh, I, it's just, I mean, I kind of am airman, so <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. You know, I I I've learned um, as an actor that when I read material that feels close to my wheelhouse and things that I just kind of, I, I the tendency is to then you want to um, put extra on, um, and then like the, the older I get and the, the more uh, I've done this for years. I go the opposite, you know, I try to, um, I try to not, uh, I try to do less. And um, where it's like, you know, I think sometimes as an actor, you're like, because some things are like, uh, it come kind of natural to you because, you know, you're, that's just what it is. You then have this feeling that you should, you should, you know, put a little extra. And, um, and so I got to feel not doing that, you know, just to, uh, to go, you know what, um, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna really enjoy this experience because I feel that's what this is all about. You know, we're all here to celebrate um, the, this whole thing. So I just, uh, I just lean into that and did, you know, I'm like an old dog. You, you kind of nudge me a little bit and I can make you laugh, but otherwise I, I, I keep that, you know, and I um in a sheaf. <laughs> what was your what was your reaction when you're first reading the script and then when you get in the ice, it's like, okay, Averman is a, is a limo driver. And could you like could you see that being uh his profession and, and what do you think he did in the the twenty years between limo driver and Eden Hall graduate in theory? Probably not much. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I think there was one point where they were like, uh, there was a talk of that Averman had like been a tech, like, you know, bro, a, te- a bro, a tech bro guy at Silicon Valley and made a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And, 
and I'm really glad that it ended up not being my reality um, for the character. I uh, I think Averman's, um, he's not a first line guy, you know, he's kind of like, you know, he's going to keep you, he's going to keep you loose on the bench and he'll go out on the rink when, he, when you need him. And, um, and I, I think uh, I've actually driven a limo. So, um, and I, um, which people are shocked by. I think sometimes uh, a lot of uh, the public think that I've just been, you know, um, have like a 401k with millions of dollars in it. That's not the case. Um, I, uh, I've had a lot of long years where I've had so many jobs. Um, I, uh, so for me, it was really fascinating to, to actually, I was like, I wonder if Steve knew that I drove, drove a car for him and that I drove a cab. Uh, I started driving a cab because, um, Larry David and some of my favorite writers and actors, they did that job. And I was like, Hey, maybe I'll do that one. And then I realized, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> It's a hard gig, man. <laughs> so, so did it's not you, much of a stretch, man. Yeah. Did they ask you at all about, you know, what do you think Averman's doing? Or did they just sort of give you the script to say, hey, this is what he's doing now, that we need the limo driver to come on the ice and all that? I mean, like I said, we're, uh, if, um, if this was a real franchise and I'm a huge White Sox fan and I'm just a player on the team, I don't make those decisions, you know, I, I, yeah. you want me to play second base? I got it. You know, what do you want me to do? Uh, thank you for the opportunity to play second base. I, um, uh, I know I, I just, uh, I just trusted that, um, you know, they'd get it right. And I was really glad that not only did they get it right, there's, it's, it's beyond right. I mean, to me to show and flip it and show, that the ducks have become institutionalized and have become well, the very thing they've despised. And to watch that show be what it is, it just it's, it like exceeds my expectations for what would happen. And to watch the way the message of, um, of the pure joy of doing what we do, um, and it's okay not to be good at something and you can still do it, like that is, um, it just reinforces that, um, you know, when you trust, you trust. And like, it's funny because I watched, we got to watch the original Mighty Ducks the other day and going back through the franchise. And, and I was la I was shocked again for like the 10th time how good of a movie it is. Um, I mean, I write, uh, that's what I do. And I study writing I mean, to, to my core. And just to be able to really look at that story and what it is and how well it's executed and just how just like pristine perfect is as a story. How do you not trust that? You know, you go, Steve's gonna get it right. And um and they did. So you just show up, you read the deal, <laughs> you do what's asked of you, man. Yeah. All right. To go on a bit of a tangent here, uh, we've had a lot of debate about the um the order of the movies like from best to worst and uh you know you mentioned you're a writer and you you see things what is your ranking of the original trilogy from best to worst there i don't i don't think about it in terms of that paradigm because i actually think that paradigm is very unmighty ducks mm. um uh i don't i think the message we're trying to to convey is that um you know, there is no best, there is no worst. 
I make my living in a world that has no rules on that. Um, they they think they do. Um, so I I, um, I think each film has its own uh, event, like you know, huge pluses. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, there's moments and weaknesses in the story, of course, as there are in any film. But like, um, I feel that like, I think Jordan Kerner, the producer of the, of the first three movies, um, put it perfectly. Like, it's part of the whole story, in a way. You know, it's um, that's what he was after all along. You know, the 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 life lessons that we're trying to you know instill and celebrate. Um, you know, about believing in yourself uh, and then don't get too big, you know, and then, hey, man, sometimes things don't work out and you got to, you got to, you got to grit up. Uh, so to me, they're, they're all very valuable um, stories for good reason. So I always loved that when Jordan was like, you know, they're kind of all together. Yeah, it's probably the deepest answer we've had so far on the on most most political for sure i'll say that <laughs> i'd say it's probably the the best answer we've had though i mean it's it's right you look at the sum and i think a lot of times especially if you're looking at like sequels and everything like major league one is my favorite movie of all time and i try to forget about major league two and three when that might be a little bit unfair but i do think mighty ducks two and three they stand up on their own and they are part of the whole story Especially, and I know when I first saw three, I really disliked it because there there wasn't enough hockey in it for me. But it was just such a different story, and you know, Charlie's character is just really expanded, and you know, there there's a place for it. And so, yeah, you know, a twelve year old seeing D three might think that it sucks, but you know, someone who's twice that age. But it's not. But it's not intended for that. It's just intended for for um, you know it's intended for people who've watched both and are maybe looking at the fact that, Oh, wow, here we are. We're going in the real life now, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. So have you been watching game changers weekly? Are you, uh, are you following along here as uh, they all come out or maybe you got inside screeners that uh, we don't know. I about. do not have inside screeners. I am just a civilian and <laughs> uh, uh, I have been following and uh, in, uh, and it's um, yeah. I mean, I just think they're, I just think they're great. I just think it's, I just think it's, it's so good. And I also think that it's um, um, perfect for our times. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about yeah. that, how, how it's sort of like a snapshot of 2021 kind of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like also what a great message about right now in our world, you know, and how jaded and um, just the purity of like, sometimes we just need to, um, it's not nostalgia. It's it's sad to think that like the spirit of the ducks and what we're really all about is nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's the problem right there, man. Yeah. yeah. So I what was uh what was it like just to watch the episode six back and see everybody on screen together again and you with Emilio and uh, all that uh, sort of come together into a finished well, My brother says I aged well, so that's good. I that's all. <laughs> Except that you have, now you really have the Doherty forehead. So it's really, uh, that was the first thing we were laughing about. Um, <laughs> the um, I was like, thanks, Mark. Thanks. Appreciate you. Um, and um, uh, it, it's just surreal, you know, it's just, it's all of it. Everything is surreal. 
So. Awesome. All right. So we, uh, I, we I, I'm going to take, hang on, I'm always going to take every opportunity to throw Tommy under the bus. I just want to point out that he did say that Guy grew up to be a very handsome man. He did not say the, th the same thing about you. So yeah, you, you, can, know, you can take that up with Tommy. I, oh. I said Guy grew up to be handsome. I didn't say anything about Matt, you know, <laughs> you, know I, you can be a I, fan of two people. Yeah, it's right. And I, and I drove the limo on the ice. So I got to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A great full circle moment there. So, uh, we put, told people where you're coming on. You were coming on. Uh, I'm like MC them. Ganey. I'm like MC Ganey in Ducks one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're the yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe that's a, uh, you know, foreshadowing to when you become an assistant coach or something. Well, uh, season two. All right. Uh, but we asked for questions. We, uh, picked the best ones. We try to answer them. So, uh, Kevin, do you have any quack questions here for Matt? Uh, sure, I've got a, a few. Uh, I'm going to kick it off. It's not a question, but this one's from Bberg19 uh, in the Discord. Uh, Bberg at that's his that's his born name, right? That's how you yeah. Know. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah his mother named him uh, Bberg19. Um, uh, Bberg19 says no question. Just wanted to say thanks for making me say great coaching and starts with a W all the time, and by extension for making me look stupid when nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. So oh, I just I wanted it. to kick it off with that. Um, we got one from Catspan in Ohio on the Discord. Um, uh, they want to know, is it hard to play hockey with glasses under your face shield? Averman had some seriously large frames. I agree 100%. Those are some super large, <laughs> like almost clown prop-like glasses. Um, I have them still. So I... Um, it is hard to play because they fog up no matter what you do. If you do the, the spray stuff, it's, as most non eyeglass wearing uh, people have this, or this year with the mask, you mm -hmm. know, everybody's um, learned how to spray their glasses so they don't fog up. And, but it, and no matter what you do, it's just, um, they fog up when you start getting hot on the rink. So I actually, when I actually really play hockey, I don't play with my glasses on because I also don't want to break them. Um, and, uh, so I, I just, maybe that's why I'm not really like good at receiving passes anymore because I'm blind <laughs> as a bat. So, uh, yeah. But in, ho in Hollywood, you know, if you don't have the face shield on, it's okay. But then I run the risk of this um, beautiful face made for radio getting um, uh, hit with a puck. Um, comes from Matthew Blake uh, via Facebook. Uh, Matthew asks, who would win in a one-game playoff at the beginning of D1 District 5 or the beginning of Game Changers Don't Bothers? That's a great question. Um, I would ask, uh, I think that should go with a like ESPN stat cast analysis and, 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 and digest the, uh, the money ball of it all. Um, <laughs> we should ask Michael Lewis that question or, or whoever his sources are for uh, how to do the uh, analytics. Um, I would, uh, I would say, um, you know what? I would say it, neither team would score. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer. Like, that's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. Even after overtime, like, um, the graphs would be like, okay, we got to call it. We got <laughs> to call it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like. At least the Ducks in District 5, they were all playing hockey. Like, the don't yeah. bothers when they were first gathered. Many but, let's, of them. 
but also if we were really being honest and we got out in the rink and that actually happened and we put a time machine together and made this thing happen, uh, the real uh, rash would be like, there is no, this is child endangerment. I can't have, <laughs> That's true. I can't have Goldberg with newspapers duct taped to his legs. <laughs> uh, that is a plastic football helmet that Carp has on. Um, <laughs> so on the pure level of, of like uh, that, and the fact that we all take our masks off because we want to see our faces on camera when, when we're on the rink. No way, man. You can't do that. Yeah, that's a good point, I guess. We I would guess... get disqualified, yeah. right? So therefore, uh, the don't bothers would win. By pure disqualification, we might as well have gotten the measles, just like that one team in Dutch. <laughs> the Panthers, <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt, I, I have one more question. And so... You mentioned, you know, MC Ganey, and of course his character mentioned that he drove the tour bus for a Grand Funk Railroad. Yep. So the last 20 years, who did Averman drive a tour bus for? Uh, oh, I never drove a tour bus, man. That's a union gig, and then you gotta like be, <laughs> and then you gotta be incumbent to the uh, to the Teamsters and all that stuff. And I think Averman's a pure independent contractor. But he would have uh, just done the van with his indie band bros. Yeah, but actually, I don't think so, because then there's a there's a lot of stink, dude. I, I, rock and roll, the best you have to look forward to is is a stinky van in Nebraska. And like, I, uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Averman, I, I think I think I'm a little lazy. I think I think I, I my, my answer to that would be, why do that when I could drive the limo for some lawyer dude and sit in a parking garage like the guy in Die Hard? Uh, and listen to music for six hours and take a paycheck. I mean, I feel like Averman's more on that that lend of things, and then listen to Grand Funk Radio. There you go. I, I have I have one last quack question because I selfishly want to know the answer to this. Um, this one comes from Jared Beasley via Facebook. Um, uh, he asked, "With the resurgence of the Ducks, is there a group text amongst any of the OG Ducks? If so, is it popping with trying to get the rest of the gang in season two? Uh, I mean, yeah, we're all, uh, I mean, we, I would love nothing more for many reasons than the show to go into season two. Uh, cause I just think everybody needs more of this kind of stuff in the world. Uh, I'd love to see, uh, that crew work again cause everybody needs work. Uh, I'd love to see, um, Steve and Michael and all the people that turned up the show be able to finish what they've built. Cause there's so much work that goes into what possibly could be the arc of a show that i'd love to see them execute and be able to execute what they set out to do uh, and it looks like the response has been really really positive so i think that's um that's definitely likely um and then between us uh i mean sure it would be really great in normal times when there wasn't a pandemic to be able to bring everybody up but again like um those calls aren't made by by me or any other guys, uh, we most of our texts just are have to do with like, you know, people's kids and, <laughs> you know, hey, did you watch that? And then, uh, um, hey, you got a sexist movie out, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and how much we love the show. Uh, but I, um, I would say, if it was personally, if you're asking me, whoever asked that question, um, I would love to see, uh, like I said before in another interview. I'd love to see Sean um, go up on Ducks too, you know, yeah. and uh, um, and uh, just because you know, just to see how how well he's doing and just how 
how he's managed to um, come out from the brink and the abyss of it all in a really awful place and, and uh, be thriving. And um, he's just one of my dear oldest friends. So I, I personally would love to see uh, Sean do what he does best. That yeah, would be awesome. I think we would all love that. That would be awesome. Well, uh, Matt, we are over time. I feel like we could talk all day, but uh, you guys are easy to chat with. So we appreciate you uh, coming on. One of the great, one of the purest sort of creators. I feel like that we talk to. You're always making something, whether it's music or writing. You posted. You, you've finished some some writing projects. So we look forward to seeing those in the future. We just do uh, what we got to do, brother. <laughs> yeah. For us, thequacktech.com, at quacktechpod on Twitter, facebook.com slash quacktechpod. Go to iTunes, give us five stars. Tell us who you think would win in a game, assuming the child endangerment laws are not in place between the Don't Bothers and the original Mighty Ducks. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Black, black. Ain't no Quack a dick is back, Jack. Ooh, yeah.